podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for all things sports and non-sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It's Thursday. That means we're making picks. Uh, and joining me as they do every week, my good friends, our pro picker himself, Daniel Alexander. Hey, nice week on here. Nice week in real life. College basketball's back. Conference championship games. Let's keep it rolling, baby. Speaking of keep it rolling, somebody's in the lead and wants to retain that lead with only two weeks to pick left. That would be uh, the LGG OG himself, Chris Ross. Yeah, hey, we all had a pretty decent week last week. Uh, let's see if we can just finish it out strong. Well, two of us finish it strong, and then one guy stumble and you know. fall on his face. Just, yeah. just face plant, right? Yeah. Bad guy falls in poop. Classic element of physical comedy. Now it's the part where we all throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. Ha ha. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's been a long we're, we're off to a good week start. and a few days. Uh, uh, it's the holiday season, you know, which is both fun and festive and, and a little bit stressful. Trees up. Do you guys have the trees up already? You guys put up a tree? Yeah. Christmas? Yeah. My, trees my, girlfriend, up. My, my girlfriend did a beautiful tree. She, like ornaments, lights, the whole thing. It's looking great. We're ready. We're rocking over here. Yeah, we uh we did our, our tree and everything on Sunday, but lights have been on the house since before Halloween. We just don't we don't turn them on. Hey, I mean a company does it, I don't do it. They come out, uh, they do it early. We get a discount. Just turn them on when when we want to. There's there's something we need to promote as a as a sponsor is uh putting out Christmas lights. Uh real or fake, boys? Fake tree, real tree? I'm allergic to real, so that's an easy decision for me. Fake. Dude, my parents went fake 20 years ago. Just fake is so easy. Pop it up, boom, done. You're not wasting your Friday morning after Thanksgiving, tying it to your car and all that crap. Forget it. I mean, part of me does really want to do that like one year, just go out like, you know, where you go to the tree farm and like pick out your tree, get it cut down, haul it home. You know, the whole scene out of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, do that whole thing, you know, but I, I, I can't. So maybe that's why I want to, just because I can't. You're not missing anything, dude. No, no. Growing up, we had a real tree every year. Uh, but we went to like a tree farm. So it was already like pre-cut. They'd wrap it. We'd throw it in the car and go. Um, we have a fake tree. You're common of like, you just throw it up real quick. My tree is massive and I have to go through. It's like, it's a three, is it three pieces or four? No, it's four pieces. It's four pieces that I have to put together. That's how big it is. And so I have to go through, especially the bottom and like undo every little branch and then open it up and spread out the branches. And like, it is not a quick throw up. Like it would take me just as long to go get a real tree and bring it to my house as it does to set up my fake tree to get it decorated. Yeah, I got to get out a ladder and a step ladder to, to fluff out the top and everything because we mm-hmm. have tall ceilings, so you can't use a little bitty sh- – a little bitty tree just doesn't look very good, so you have to get no the No Christmas tree. shrubs. Yeah. yeah, no, no shrubs. Yeah. No Charlie Brown tree. Big, full, real tree. Okay. Uh, well, I know I'm feeling very festive. You guys are feeling very festive. Uh, we have a lot of news to talk about. Let's throw through some things real quick. Uh, COD football playoff, last one before the final one. Obviously, that's out. TCU is at number three. Ohio State's at number five. TCU just blew out an Iowa State team. Uh, I'm sure TCU fans are having some horrible flashbacks all the way back to 2014, but you shouldn't. Take a breath. Calm down. Relax. We said it on the show Monday that we believed TCU should be a lot for the college football playoff, whether they win or lose. And we're hoping that that would be, that was a narrative we were going to push on Twitter. And I haven't had to push it that much because that's become the national narrative. I listened to the post show on cover three, Tom Fornelli, Chip Patterson. That's what they're saying. I mean, it has become a consensus of TCU nationally. Everyone is saying the same thing. TCU barring forget shows that aren't about college football. People who don't cover college football, stop, stop even giving them attention. TCU Went twelve and zero as one of, the, if not the best, then the second best like strength of record 
TCU is a lock for the college football playoff. At this point, they are just playing for seeding on Saturday when they face Kansas State in Arlington. Now, look, if Kansas State comes out and and beats them in the same way that TCU beat Iowa State last week, you might be a little bit worried as a TCU fan. Maybe. But I don't really see that happening barring some major injury. And so TCU is a lock to me. They are going to go to Arlington, and they should, or to the playoff, and they should. Three seed, four seed, whatever. They should be in. They have done enough this season, 12-0. and 0. Now you're going to replay Kansas State. There's only five teams who have zero or one losses. And no offense, they went 12-0. and 0. I don't want to see them bumped out for an Ohio State team who gets to take a week off. They're not. They are a lock. They're going to be in the playoff. At this point, the question is just what's their seed and who are they going to play? Yeah, no, I, I think as the season's gone on, this has become a much easier decision. TCU, technically, I, I agree. They they could afford to lose this game, in my belief. I mean, Ohio State, also one less team, but they TCU would have where they beat Kansas State already, right? So they, they've beat this team before. Um, they played the conference title where Ohio State did not. So I think there's enough argument to get TCU. And now, you say, I say that knowing that this playoff committee loves to put Ohio State into the playoff ahead of other more deserving teams. You know, so... It is what it is that it's not, you know, win and you're in, that's great. Lose and it's a little bit dicey, but you're probably in. I mean, TCU didn't lose at home by three touchdowns. So I'm, I'm going to jump in. I agree that things look good for TCU. Look, a, a loss. I would be worried. I, look, I, I know, I know the strength of schedule. I know the 12 and 0. I know they already beat. K-State, the only reason I'd have any worry is just because, and I do not agree with this, but you're right, man. The committee just feels like Ohio State is in that back pocket. Was it two years ago Ohio State made the playoff and they were like 5-0 and and they didn't even play a conference championship? And it was almost this like, oh, yeah, Ohio yeah. State automatically gets to go in. It was, it was COVID. Like, what? Yeah, they, they, it just, it just felt State, like – Penn State yeah, won man. the Big 12, the Big 10 and did not go to the playoff, but Ohio State did. It was just so weird. So, like – all I'm saying is I'm just tapping the brakes a little. Uh, man, I, I pray Big 12's in the playoff. I, I would love it. It'd be so great. Just we've just seen some dumb stuff happen before when it's time to actually announce the playoff. That's all I'm saying. So, look, TCU goes out and wins. Moot point. Whatever. They're Obviously, they're, they're in. They're going to the playoffs. Great time. If they lose, which I have some incentive – for them to lose. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Okay. Let's, let's touch on that real quick before we get to some other stuff, Daniel. Um, sure. I, I know preseason, uh, we, we talk about um, win totals and, and conference championship odds and, and those kinds of things. You put some real money on Kansas state to win the big 12 this off season. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious now that you're here in this, in this spot, do you, if let's say you have like this, let's just take the names of the teams out, but like you've put money on a team to get to win the conference championship. They've made it to the conference championship game. Do you double down on that situation? Do you automatically also put money on the opposition in the game to win? Like, how do you handle this situation as, as a better? Um, so this is for anyone who's listening. Uh, this is called a hedge, right? I'm in a position where uh, if I would like to, I could hedge my Kansas state bet. I essentially have Kansas state to win this game versus TCU at 20 to one. Uh, I got uh, before the season started and we talked about it here in the pod, Baylor and Kansas state were the two teams that I felt like had some value to win the big 12. And here we are. Sure enough. I'm very fortunate that it worked out this way. Kansas state, my 20 to one ticket is uh, we're at the doorstep. We can cash this thing for, uh, you know, relative to, so, you know, my bankroll and how I work, it'll be a nice score. It's not going to be, you know, a huge deal. It'll be a nice win. And, but it will be an amount of money where uh, I want to come away with something. So um, I am going to come back the other way, about 20% on TCU. And I'm just going to money line them. I think they're like 135 right now. So um, I will get some money down on TCU to win back, like, you know, like I said, so no matter what happens, I win. I win a, a nice little chunk if TCU hits, and if K State wins wins the whole thing, um, man, it'll be a nice big hit, and, and I'll be glad. And man, then it's just 
on to the next, you know, then you're just looking for the next spot with value that you can get down on no time to really celebrate it. Maybe, uh, you know, take the lady out or something or go get an expensive bottle and go find the next bet. If you so, make that bet, is yeah. that like, in the end, say Kansas state wins, mm-hmm. you know, does that kind of sour that a little bit that you didn't make quite what you could have, if you just rode with what you had for, for me, no, I, like I said, hedging, there's a whole philosophical, you know, people who approach hedging, you know, some people would say, why in the world are you going to hedge Kansas state? You essentially have Kansas state 20 to one just to win this game. Why would you, you know, you're holding an amazing number. Why would you tarnish that? You're, you know, you're, you're eating into your expected value. Well, I mean, you know, it's an amount of money where, you know, the difference is is a big chunk. You know what I'm saying? You know, if if K-State hits, it's like, man, that's, that's more than a whole month of a good month if they hit. So to miss on that and not get back a little something, I just, I just prefer it for my lifestyle. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in a lot of ways for the fun stuff, the extra stuff, the lifestyle stuff. I'm hoping to hit these big hits. So if TCU goes and wins this thing, okay, state, I just simply don't want to come away empty handed. That's all it is. I won't be, I won't be upset if TCU wins and I get a nice little bankroll boost for the week and K-State future lost. Oh, well, it's like, man, I've had so many close calls on big futures that, you know, whatever, it just happens in this space. So, so yeah, I, I don't mind it personally. There are people who would agree with you and say, I can't believe he's, He's crushing that expected value off of off of his K State bet, but that makes sense. You just yeah. again, it's hedging, hedging your hedging your bets. I like it. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, we got uh, details on Lance Leipold's new contract at Kansas that came out on Tuesday. A few interesting notes. Obviously, from a financial standpoint, they are paying him. Uh, his contract will be start at five million in 2023 and increase a hundred thousand dollars every year. Uh, it'll peak at five point six in 2029. It's a decent amount of money. He'll be a top 30 nationally. A few key things in here of note. One of them is that if if Leipold's contract, at any point uh, he is not paid uh, amongst the coaches who are in the top half of the conference, if he's not at one of the high, top half conference paid coaches, uh, he there will be a renegotiation. Uh, and he will get a bump to put him back within the top half of the Big 12's payment uh, head coach payments i'm wording that weird but i think you wow. understand what i'm saying yeah really interesting in there that's, that's called a, it's, it's a rise it's called a rising tides clause that's what he's got a rising tides very clause. smart yeah. it's very smart on their deal uh one of the things that apparently had held up what him signing this contract along with you know the stuff going on in wisconsin is um salary pool his assistant coach salary pool increases from three million to five million uh and then his staff, which is not the assistants or Leipold, uh, have an additional $2.5 million. That's a big increase for them. And it was one of the things that was really holding up was how much he was going to have to spend on staff. Folks, college football staffs are looking more like NFL staffs. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. Those, it's, it's important. It's not just about the, the 11 coaches on the field. It's who's, in your recruiting, who's handling recruiting, who are your analysts. Um, that those pools are getting bigger and bigger and for, for good reason. Uh, so that's a big part of it. Uh, there's incentives, you know, for making the big 12 title game, being a top 25 team, things like that. Here's the one that's really interesting to me. Um, Kansas is, has to prove that they are saying they're committed to football and, and the facilities at the university of Kansas. Well, now they got to put their money where their mouth is. Uh, he can terminate the contract for $0 if Kansas hasn't meaningfully started renovating the Anderson family football complex or the stadium by a certain time, by December, 2023 must the renovations must have made significant, serious, uh, seriously begun. Uh, if let's see if Anderson football complex, oh, okay, no, if stadium renovations don't meaningfully begin by December, 23 lands could terminate the contract for $0. If the Anderson family football complex renovations don't start by July 1st, 2023 lands could terminate the contract for $0. So Kansas says they're going to make all these changes and renovations and continue to work to build Kansas's facilities. They have to do so by July of next year, start making significant moves in those renovations, or he could just say, no, thanks. And he can walk away and he does them zero dollars. He will take the money he's been paid and he can leave. Uh, that's 
wild. I've never seen anything like that put into a contract. Now, look, I don't read a lot of, of college football coach contracts, but that one's big. It's very interesting. And it is it is putting Kansas' feet to the fire saying, you tell me you're going to make these renovations. You tell me you're going to do the things to help Kansas uh, compete in college football and do the things necessary with our facilities to try and compete with the other ones, the other teams that we're facing off. You got to do it or I'm gone. And I, I think it's great and I love it. Last thing, bowl situation. Obviously, by next Sunday, we should have a pretty good idea of where everybody's going. I feel pretty comfortable looking at projections and seeing what people are saying with where we think teams will be at this point. Obviously, TCU, I think, to the college football playoff, win or lose. Kansas State is going to the Sugar Bowl, win or lose. Because if they win, they win the Big 12, they go to the Sugar Bowl because they're not going to the playoff. If they lose, TCU is for sure going to the college football playoff. And as the second-place team, Kansas State's going to the Sugar Bowl. Now, I know Texas fans have been trying to angle for the Sugar Bowl over Kansas State. It's not happening. You guys are being silly. Just go watch basketball. Your team is good. Uh, Texas is going to the Alamo. They're the number three seed. They're going to go. The Alamo is going to love having uh, Texas. I am seeing a lot of Texas Tech going to the Cheez-It Bowl, which is essentially like the third place bowl after the Sugar and the Alamo. It's the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. I've seen a lot of Texas Tech to the Cheez-It Bowl. I've seen the Cheez-It Bowl kind of hint at Texas Tech on Twitter. It feels like Texas Tech with their seven-win season and finishing fourth in the conference has bumped their way up to what would essentially be the fourth-place bowl with TCU in the college football playoff. They're going to be not only the fourth-place team in the Big 12, they're going to be in that fourth-place bowl in the Cheese in Orlando. Pretty much consensus of Baylor going to what is the Armed Forces Bowl, which is the if, if the Big 12 has enough teams that have to fill one last extra bowl spot, it rotates between that bowl, the Armed Forces Bowl, and a first responder bowl. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl is played in Fort Worth. Sounding like that's probably where they are going. The question mark is left with three teams and three bowls. Those three teams being Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. Those three bowls being the Liberty Bowl, the Texas Bowl, and the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Now, here's what we have seen plenty of people report. We talked about this on Monday. Kansas wants to play Missouri in the Liberty Bowl. It's a Big 12 SEC matchup. The Liberty Bowl wants to have Kansas versus Missouri. And from what we understand, it sounds like Missouri does too. It's up to the SEC if they will put Missouri in that bowl slot or not. If the SEC doesn't let Missouri go to Liberty Bowl, which would be stupid, but who knows, whatever, it's the SEC, they'll do whatever they want. Um, I don't think Kansas goes there. I think Kansas jumps their way up into the Liberty Bowl if it is Kansas-Missouri because that's what everybody would want. That would mean Oklahoma and Oklahoma State would either be in the Texas or the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. If Kansas is not going to Liberty Bowl because they can't play Missouri, which please, college football gods, please let us have the border war in Memphis. That would be awesome in a bowl game. Please let us see that. 6-6 six and six Kansas, 6-6 six and six Missouri in Memphis. Great time. December 28th. Would love to see that. Please let that matchup happen. Obviously, we'll know by, more by Sunday. and We'll continue to hear more rumors slip up. Um, because, again, if TCU really is a lock for the college football playoff like we think, then these bowls can start actually putting teams in their correct order and not have to wait to find out who wins the Big 12 title like other situations uh, were going on in other conferences. If TCU is a lock like we think they are, Bowls can start picking teams and start figuring out matchups now. Uh, teams are always angling. So, obviously, we'll find out more on Sunday. I kind of like where some of this stuff is headed. I think it's really interesting. Love the opportunity for Texas Tech to go to the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando and play an ACC team. Uh, sounding like it potentially could be Florida State. Very interesting matchup there. Uh, Texas versus a Pac-12 team. Maybe Utah. We get a repeat of, I think that was the Alamo Bowl a couple of years ago. If I recall, I think it was the year after they went to the Sugar Bowl. Um, I like it. And obviously, Kansas State to the uh, to the Sugar versus what sounds like it's probably going to be Alabama. Have fun, Wildcats. Have fun with that one. Everybody says they want Bama. Well, sounds like you're going to get them. I love monologuing and then just stopping and then no one says anything. That's fine. All right. <laughs> uh, you know the best thing you could do to help your team out and prepare yourselves for bowl season? Go and shop at Homefield Apparel and buy yourself the most comfortable T-shirt, sweater, or hoodie with an amazing vintage logo from your school. They've got every current and future Big 12 school. Incredible stuff. The sweaters and hoodies are incredibly comfortable. It's winter, folks. You want to be all cuddled up on the couch, having a drink next to your significant other, watching your team either in basketball or in the bowl game. Go to homefieldapparel.com, pick out a sweater or hoodie from your school, Use the promo code NETWORK12 and get 15% off your first order. The holidays are here. 
buy something for yourself. There's nothing wrong with buying yourself something for the holidays. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, sometimes the easiest thing to do is to buy yourself something and then say, hey, uh, this is what you're getting me for Christmas. Then they don't have to try and figure out something for you. And you don't have to be, oh, thank you. When you open something up and didn't actually want it. So to make everybody happy, you can buy something for yourself for a relative and solve all issues, possible awkwardness on Christmas Day. You can buy them some incredibly comfortable vintage college sports apparel from Homefield Apparel, and they will be super happy and excited. And maybe their favorite team isn't the same as yours. They have more than a hundred schools available. You're gonna find it on there. And if you don't, just harass Homefield Apparel on Twitter, and eventually they will add their school. So homefieldapparel.com. Promo code NETWORK12. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this holiday season, basketball season, and soon to be baseball and softball season. Guess I'm already looking forward to it. Oh, she means basketball. <sighs> not great so far. Not, not great. I'm tired of talking, but I guess I'll just keep talking. Let's recap last week. It was a good week for everyone. Chris and Daniel, you both went 6-4. and four. I went 5-4-1. and one. Chris, you hit on Texas minus eight and a half versus Baylor, hit on West Virginia plus eight and a half versus Oklahoma State, hit on Kansas State minus 11 and a half versus Kansas, hit on Texas Tech plus two versus Oklahoma, hit on BYU minus six and a half versus Stanford, and hit on Penn State minus 18 and a half versus Michigan State that won by 19. That works. Missed on Cincinnati minus two versus Tulane. Missed on the under 47.5 in TCU Iowa State. Missed on UCF minus 19.5 versus USF. Missed on Houston minus 12, 6 and 4 on the week, 62, 58 and 1 on the season. Just keep pushing that above 500 record, keeping that lead strong. Nice week, sir. Thank you. Yeah, last couple weeks have been good. Uh, Houston's back to let me down. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a good week. It was a fun week. And I I look back, I look at the UCF, USF, you know, it's a bit of a rivalry. Probably should have expected that expected that to be closer than I did, but other than that, not too I mean, nothing to complain about. I saw somewhere like Phil Montgomery is like was what like 6 and 1, 7 and 1 in his final game of the season. I should have I wish I had known that stat before we had picked that game. I might have gone ahead and played into that that would have been smart uh daniel six and four as well hit on Tulane plus two versus cincinnati hit on west virginia plus eight and a half versus oklahoma state hit on tulsa plus 12 versus houston hit on the over 63 and a half in oklahoma texas tech that went way over uh hit on byu minus six and a half versus stanford and hit on the under 59 in ole miss mississippi state missed on the under 56 in tulsa or in texas baylor missed on kansas plus 12 versus Kansas State, missed on Iowa State plus 10 versus TCU, and missed on UCF minus 19.5 versus USF. 6-4 and four on the week as well. Brings you to 55-63-6. I'm surprised how just, I mean, Iowa State, you know, totally checked out. I was a little surprised by that. Um, Egg Bowl, gosh, going under. That was a wild line. Any listeners who followed that game, uh, that, that thing got bet down all week. And then game day, that over was just getting smashed where, you know, the game went off at like 63 or 63 and a half. And here we are on the pod. We were taking, I had under 58 or 59, the stale number, but those boys kept it under rainy night in Oxford. Just two coaches know each other. It was good. Cash that under good week. I'm going to catch Chris this week. Let's go. I went five, four and one hit on the over 56 in Texas Baylor hit. On Tulane two plus two versus Cincinnati. Hit on the under 64 in Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Hit on TCU minus 10 versus Iowa State. Hit on Texas Tech plus two versus Oklahoma. Uh, had a push on over 67 at Houston, Tulsa. They scored 67 points exactly. Thanks a lot, guys. Missed on the under 62 and a half in Kansas State, Kansas. I don't know what I was thinking. Missed on UCF minus 19 and a half versus USF. Missed on under 57 and a half in BYU, Stanford. And uh, Coastal Carolina plus 13 and a half versus JMU didn't even come close. So two, one quick thing. We all missed on UCF night, uh, minus 19 and a half versus USF. And I am an idiot because you guys picked first and set me up to take USF. Because what happens every time it's two versus one, it's whoever picks the one record shows that's the side to be on. You guys set me up, and I just whiffed <laughs> on taking. I was just like, "There's no way that UCF would." And UCF had like a 31 to seven lead. They were blowing them out, and allow USF to come all the way back. UCF has to have 
an amazing game-winning touchdown, an amazing catch. Still, USF almost is able to, to make a play. To, like, UCF completely bungled that one. That was a UCF cover at, at, early in the third quarter until you, they just UCF'd it to, oh, goodness. 5-4-1 brings me to 55-63-3. Daniel, you and I are tied now. <laughs> the exact same record. So we got we got some work to do. We are um what is that seven seven games basically behind Chris with uh easy that's easy what is that six plus fourteen fifteen six and fifteen is what twenty one seven back twenty one picks to go we got some work to do we got some work to do I, I'm not comfortable with tw- with twenty one picks left well a lot a lot of opportunity to screw up lock it in yeah a lot of opportunities and uh, your opportunity to screw up will will, will begin here in just a minute. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott and Holm podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well, if all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. All right. You guys ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Me? I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, you Are you? You haven't been ready all season. Born. <laughs> the smack talk has begun. You know, it, it's that's what happens when you have a comfortable lead. It's easy to just oh, sit there and I, get, not and get. I'm just. Yeah, it feels pretty. Uh, it feels, I should I should rein it in. Karma, Karma's gonna fix that. It feels pretty comfortable. Yeah. It feels pretty comfortable. It does. All right, let's get rolling here. Uh, we will do this uh, kind of in chronological order. We'll be saving for the Big Twelve game for last because duh. Uh, we will kick things off on Friday. Okay, here's what we're doing so everybody understands. We will be picking all five Power Five conference championship games. We'll be picking the AAC conference championship game because UCF is in it, and then everyone gets to pick one other game that is being played this weekend that is four other power or g5 conference championship games plus the akron buffalo makeup game it's also being played you can pick that if you so decide to do so Ooh, okay i'll throw i'll throw a monkey wrench in this because we won't be doing picks next week uh the next time we meet will be in about two weeks to do bowl games i see lines for army navy on december 10th i see total and i see I see a side. So if you so decide to do so, I will allow you to pick the army Navy game for your other game. If you want, does that work for everybody? Thank I mean, you. You've, you've told me that's a guarantee under, I mean, th- that, that, that total is 33 and a half. <laughs> Vegas is finally <laughs> catching <laughs> on. That's pretty yeah. low. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas is like, okay, how, how low do we, how was low Iowa, Iowa right. state even that low? I don't know that I was it. Well, yeah, it was was it thirty two? No, we, we had a thirty two a week or two ago. Yeah. Was it Minnesota Iowa? Minnesota Iowa, yeah, those thirty two two weeks ago. Was it okay? I I believe you. We're gonna start with the Pac twelve on Friday night. USC and Utah in a rematch. Utah won the first time. We'll see what happens here. Uh, Daniel, since you are in the lead and won last week, I'm making you go first. USC a three-point favorite over-under at 67. Sorry, Chris is in the lead, and Chris won last week. Sorry, Dave. There we go. Chris, you're up first. What do you want? Yeah, I mean, I like what USC is doing lately. They're they're rolling pretty good. Um, man, they're looking they're looking good. Had a couple of ranked opponents the last couple of weeks. Um, escaped UCLA, beat Notre Dame. And mostly, 
mostly I just have to ride with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. I mean, they're just so good together. Don't you wish they were on your team? Don't you? Man, they're good. I'm going to take USC. I see what you did there, and and I will allow it. Um, <laughs> Daniel, uh, what about you, sir? Because I want to take USC because it just seems like the machine is rolling. Um, Utah has had some beatdowns of some teams in the last few weeks. But I look at this game and my instant thought is, man, only three points. USC only three points. Feels like a spot where I'm going to go with Utah here. I mean, there's some game theory going on a little bit. Got to catch Chris. So I want to go opposite. But uh, but more importantly, I genuinely think the line looks too easy. That looks too easy at USC minus three. And I know myself well enough. When it's a game I'm not totally dialed into, I mean, this number's right to me on my as far as my numbers go. I don't have any historicals on it. That tells me I'm wrong. Utah's going to cover this three. Somehow, some way, give me Utah. Red and white out in the desert Friday night. What does what your numbers have it at? Uh, USC minus 3.2 on a neutral field. So if this was if they were if this was uh, uh, down in LA, I'd have this closer to like minus four and a half, maybe a minus five. But I mean, this this number's right. Uh, well, I mean, Utah was a three and a half point favorite when they were at Utah. So it's interest and Utah won last time. So it's interesting that a neutral site it's flipped that much. Uh, look. I'm not going to allow either of you to get an easy win here by picking or agreeing with either of you. The over has hit for USC in six straight games. Last time these two teams met, they scored 87 points. Uh, Oof. Yeah. I'm sorry, 85. 80, sorry, way off. 85. Only 85 points. Forgive me. Uh, in fact, the last six overs, here are the totals of each game that have hit over. 65 and a half, 74, 60 and a half, 66, 77 and a half, and 63. The over is hit every time for USC. The over in this one is 67. I will take the over 67 in this game. USC's entire defense is built. It's just built on enforcing turnovers. They don't get much in the way of stops. Utah will be able to put up some points. USC is going to be put up putting points. I think this is a similar shootout. I think this goes over the 67. Unless, I, I just, I don't see how they don't. I will take the over in this one. Uh, okay. It's the conference, the game where it just matters more. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Georgia versus LSU down there in New Orleans. Uh, Georgia is a 17 and a half point favorite against the Tigers. Over under, I see mostly 51s, a couple 50 and a half, if that's something that entices you. Daniel, what would you like, sir? Man, this is another one. You look at this number and you think, you know, I know LSU's coming off the loss last week straight up as a 10-point favorite to Texas A&M. And what's LSU now? 11, I think, in the ranking. So, you know, even with some heroics beating Georgia, I don't see them making the playoff. No, so it's like, okay, three is, yeah, no, yeah, right. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. So it's like sort of an automatic, even if they win this thing, they're not in the playoff. Right. I'm making, we'll say with 99% assumption here um, off the loss. Can't make the playoffs. LSU's had a better season. I think than a lot of people thought, you know, their win total was around seven, seven and a half. And here they find themselves in the championship game against Georgia. Giant number. Public has taken LSU. I think Georgia's going to cover this. Ugh. It's giant. Give me Georgia minus 17 and a half. The public's on LSU. Is it the, the money and the tickets? Nah, it's the tickets right now. Hmm. Tickets. More more money's on Georgia. Tickets are on LSU. Line open 17. We're up to 17 and a half, 18. I think there was some quarterback news, right? Uh, um, Jane Daniels, I think, is out or, or or maybe some injury or something. Um, so line moved a little bit, but I'm going with Georgia here. I, you know, I, Georgia, Georgia's making the playoff, win or lose, but this maybe feels like some sleepy 31-7 to 7 or something like that, 
Georgia covers this. Uh, Jaden Daniels is uh, wearing a walking boot to help with a sprained ankle. Um, so he will play. Yeah, that that news broke. That that news broke, and that line just sort of jumped right away. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just that's such a big line, but they've like they've covered big lines most of the season. Covered twenty eight versus Auburn. Covered thirty seven half versus Fan. Okay, let's look at some better teams. Covered sixteen versus Mississippi State. I, I don't like it, but. I don't trust LSU at this point. And it's not because they lost to A&M. The Jane Daniels injury is, is is significant. I really do think it is. And I think LSU's defense will keep it close for a while, but Georgia should be able to pull away in the second half. The question is just like, Georgia doesn't have to do anything but win this game. They don't need style points. They don't need to blow LSU out. They just need to win the game. That's all they have to do. Is they, and they're they're the one seed. They As I say, I'd argue the they playoff. don't even have to do that. Well, for seeding. You want to say the one seed because you get first pick of which game you get to, uh, which site you go to. Um, if you lose this, Michigan gets in Michigan beats Purdue, then Michigan's going to be the one seed. How many points do I think LSU can score? Uh, it's too big. I don't like lines as big. I don't like touching anything that's this big as far as a line goes. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the under. I see 51. Does that work for you, Daniel? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I think. If Jaden Daniels is that banged up, if it's an ankle injury, like I understand it's not a serious ankle injury, but if his ankle's banged up, Georgia's, de- Georgia's not going to have to do a lot. There's not going to be reason to. I think that they just want to get through this game and stay healthy and go to the playoff. I'm going to take the under 51. I don't think LSU will do a ton offensively. Um, I think Georgia will do enough offensively. Uh, I, I think this will be a, like, Georgia in the 30s, LSU around, like, 14 or so. So I'll I'll take the under 51. Chris? Yeah, and, and Daniel's riding with Georgia on this? Yes. Yeah, Bulldogs, baby. All right, well, that makes it easy. I'm just going to ride with Georgia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, okay, so, I mean, the injury's a thing. I think we kind of glossed over that a little bit, like glossed over the impact of that. That's a big deal. Even if number two was more than capable, you know, there's a little, little timing, little differences and, and stuff like that. The other thing I find interesting is the loss LSU took – to AM last week. LSU knew they were going to be in this game. They knew it, and I think they were looking ahead. And they got caught by AM. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I, I kind of expect this to be a little bit closer. Not not because of, of Daniels. Even before that, I thought LSU is going to want to make this a game. They're going to want to make a statement. They don't have they're not playing for anything, but they also have nothing to lose. Like no one expects them to win this game. Georgia is a behemoth. They're they're rolling. Um, but again, it's not dire that Georgia has to win this game. I I just feel like LSU is going to keep this a little bit closer. So uh, I'll do Daniel a favor. I'll go opposite him. I'm going to take LSU to to cover the massive line. All right, uh, Daniel. I see some eighteens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Circus got an 18. It's always good enough for me. Oh, plenty of other books. Right. Yeah. Very good. 18. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, another conference championship game that will not be between two top 10 teams. In fact, there's only there's only one of those this, this weekend. I wonder which conference that is. I bet we'll get to them here in a bit. Uh, Michigan, big blue, facing off against Purdue. And uh, let's see, this line is, where'd it go? Ah, 16 and a half with an over-under of 52. I'm up first. Uh, it's another huge line. Yikes. I just like, uh, I hate these big lines. They're not fun. Uh, it just, I, I don't mean to waste time. Like, Daniel, like with, with games that, I'm sure we've talked about this, like games with the lines this big, like, do you usually put money on stuff like this, or do you have a? a oh, I, I love these spots. This really? Is, I mean, this is what you want. Oh yeah, and you start working it into, you know, what kind of game game script does the favorite run in the second half if they have the lead? Uh, you know, what's the total? Total's the first thing you look at. You know, are we talking about a game with really high variance that's you know sixty eight total? Maybe like our Utah USC, or are we talking about maybe a, a, a you know a tighter, harder hitting game? 
less variance, we'll say to a degree uh, with what can happen on the field, you know, like an LSU Georgia kind of situation. So um, I love these big lines. Those are the spots I look for when lines pop. Okay. There's not enough from either team to say like, this is a trend against the spread here. There's a trend here with over under like Purdue seven and five to the over Michigan's eight and three and one to the under. So I'm like, uh, what is this total? I think it's in the fifties. Where did I see? 51. See fifty? Do you let's see where are those fifty twos at? Win Station and Caesars. Ah, I'm gonna just roll with it. Can I take under fifty two? Are you good with fifty two there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. legit. I should probably take overs. I'm afraid Georgia and Michigan are gonna put up more points than I think, but I'll I'll take the I'll take the under here. I, I yeah. Uh. Chris. Yeah, this is interesting. This kind of reminds me, you know, old Big 12 North, Big 12 South. How often did the North keep it close? Not when Kansas State was good and, and you know, it was actually a, a, a close game, but when the Big 12 North was just trash and it was really between who was coming out of the South, between OU Texas and AM. Like, how often did the Big 12 North keep it close in those years? I, I'd love to see that. Uh, because Purdue, they, I mean, they haven't even really played anybody. If you go back, I think their best wins, number 21, Illinois. Um, other than that, like, I don't know if they have another top 25 win. I think Michigan is just a much, much better team here. I think they take care of business going away. I think Michigan wins this by three scores. Another situation where Michigan can afford the loss. They're not really playing for anything. Because worst case scenario, you have the advantage over Ohio State uh, of winning that heads up. So, yeah, but I, I I still I think Michigan rolls it. Give me Michigan. Uh Daniel. Chris, I agree with you, man. I think uh I think Michigan covers this. Harbaugh has been a cover machine the last two years in Michigan. It's not really something that's talked about too much in betting circles, but um Harbaugh has been an over and a cover the spread machine, and he's gonna do it again. Yeah, they are gonna I think it's gonna be be beat down on Purdue. The trying to cap saying like, oh, this team's already in the playoffs, this, that, and the other. I don't know. I still see Michigan blowing them out. I gotta catch Chris. Give me Purdue. <laughs> Michigan wow. is 18-7-1 against the spread since the start of the 2021 season. Oh, and if you go back farther, it's even bigger than that. You could you you know. Yeah. If you just keep you going, it's like man. Daniel, are you, are you you sure you don't want to just ride with him? Okay. Uh, I see. I mean, there's 21 games. You might be trying to do a little too much. Circus got a 17. So uh, I can give you plus 17. All right, let's go. Michigan. 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 You boys talk me into it. If I lose by one, we're going to come back to this Michigan game. We're going to have a conversation about peer pressure. Uh, Okay, that's that's fine. fine, But you've already recognized that the only reason you were even taking Purdue is because of gamesmanship. Yeah, look, I think Michigan covers this. I I think Purdue has their hands full. It's really hard to see a lot of paths to success for them. So, yeah, go go with what you think. We'll see. Yeah, give Michigan. Uh, Probably the least relevant – Power Five Conference Championship game that we played this weekend is the ACC. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Clemson. I'm just going to trash everyone on the way out the door. It's fun. Uh, Clemson uh, facing North Carolina. Clemson, a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, the tar uh, the total in this one, uh, 63. Chris, you're up, sir. What would you like? To not go first on this one. Ooh. Man, Clemson, what happened? What happened? You, you had it all right there. You, you thought you were going to try to make a run at the playoff. And then uh, you made fun of TCU, and it all fell apart. TCU ended up winning that game, and now you've dropped two, including one to Spencer Rattler. That's, uh, that's rough. All right. So what does that leave me? North Carolina, uh, you also dropped the last two. Hmm. 
I actually like that Clemson's coming off a loss here. I think that maybe a little wake-up call, a little uh, – they bounced back well after the Notre Dame loss. They, they took care of Louisville, took care of Miami. Um, maybe maybe they're just too relaxed against USC, although Spencer Rattler's just been balling out the last couple of weeks. All right. I guess that's a lot to say. I don't like this line at seven and a half. I wish it was like six and a half. Can we get six and a half? You could not. Can I buy it down? All right. No. Uh, over under 63 and a half. Let me look at this. Only because I don't like the I don't like the spot. I don't like I don't like it being just over a touchdown. That's not a good thing there. 63 and a half. Both teams are mm. All right, I'm just going to take Clemson to cover. This, they, they probably get this by 10, right? Hopefully. Clemson to cover. Okay. Um, I am looking at a, one team who plays good offense with Drake May and no defense versus a team who plays good defense and bad offense with suspect quarterback play. Though I'm sure DJ Uyunglele will bounce back and have a much better performance against North Carolina because that defense is awful and everyone has a nice performance offensively against North Carolina. That said, Daniel, I'm going to ask you this. I see it at South Point. I see it at Wynn, and I see it at Caesars. I see eights. Daniel? I'm looking. <laughs> 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 he's, he's like, uh, I don't want to. Uh, I, I know. He, he wants both of us to write Clemson. So he can take. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. It's I'm fine. Just, I'm, South I'm Point's asking. got it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's seven and a half. The market is right now seven and a half. I'm, I just North feel a little generous tonight. Well, you know what? Great. So I will take North Carolina plus eight. Um, I think Clemson wins this game, but I can absolutely see this being a a touchdown game. Like the last team that puts up, last team that scores wins. Um, a little bit of back and forth. Um, again, Clemson, I think plays. Good defensively, but I've got their offense isn't great. But North Carolina's defense is so bad that everyone's offense looks good. But North Carolina can put up points. I think Clemson wins this game, but I think it's at at best a one score game. So I will take UNC plus eight, especially since I get plus eight. Uh, Daniel, I'm starting at a sixty three and a half, and I really like the under in the spot. This um, actually twofold here. This is Clemson's Super Bowl for the year. Uh, uh, you know, Sweeney's I was just thinking it. about that. How much is Clemson yeah. going to care in this game? Uh, you just had all chance so, so, at the playoff ripped away from you. Here's going to be the tough part. It's you're sort of capping the coaching staff here, and at a program like Clemson, where they are currently in the national picture, I don't think you can just sort of limp into this game and then lose to North Carolina. It just it can't happen. That the seat is gonna be actually warm next year at Clemson, I think, if that happens. This is a little bit of a must-win. And I think the whole staff needs to get this team ready to play and to show out. And I think the defense has to perform really well. And they're up against a solid task, you know, against North Carolina. North Carolina can obviously move the ball, they can score. This game is gonna go under. They are just this defense has to come together. The coaches have to bring it together. There's going to be rain or well, forecast calls for rain right now. There's going to be some wind. I love that this is getting better. And people are talking over in this game because of North Carolina. They just saw South Carolina put up 30 plus on Clemson. So it's like, this is an under game. If Clemson shows up and Sweeney's playing, there's a Super Bowl. And he doesn't want the hot seat next year. They got to look good under 63 and a half. I like it. I like it. Future Big 12 member UCF taking part in the AAC championship game. They will be in Nolens against the Tulane Green Wave, who just found out they're probably keeping Willie Fritz. So good for them. Love it. Uh, Big 12 wants to add Tulane. I have no problem adding New Orleans as a Big 12 city. Uh, UCF is a three and a half point dog in this one. Our, uh, future Big 12 brethren and sisterin, as we have found is the word, sisterin, weird word, 
but I'll roll with it. Uh, over under at 57. I do. I see some 56 and a half as well. Uh, whose turn is this? Daniel, what would you like, sir? Tulane minus three and a half. Let's go. I'm going to have a little real money down. Uh, my line is a little bit closer to six. Tulane has just been such what an impressive season they had. I don't know that a lot of people saw this coming. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know what they're, what they're, uh, uh, you know, to win the conference. I don't know what the payout was 40 to one, maybe 30 to one, something like that. Um, great season. They had a third string quarterback at one point, you know, the game they played against Houston. It's like they won that game with a third stringer. Just hung tough. So, uh, like I said, my number's closer to six. I like the value. This team has just been awesome all year. I think UCF is going to have a little bit of trouble with Tulane's defensive front. Green wave, baby. Let's cover it. Three and a half. To answer your question, preseason, or at least on August, was it, 8th, uh, Tulane was plus 4,500 yeah. to win the AAC. That Sounds was the right. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, like worst odds. Oh, uh, they cool. were pre, yeah, because it was. Let's see, it was Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, SMU, Memphis, East Carolina, Tulsa, Tulane. The only teams with uh, a bigger number were uh, USF, Navy, and Temple. I'm trying to remember uh, where they were picked in the preseason poll. Pulling it up right now, and Tulane was picked seventh in the preseason poll. Um. So, no, nobody expected this. They had a bad season last year. Nobody was expecting this from them. Um, I will note that these two teams have faced off already in New Orleans, a game that UCF won 38-31. They built a 24-7 lead in the second quarter, and that one were led by as much as 31-14 in the third. Uh, Tulane made a bit of a run, uh, but UCF, like they have in some games, has been able to hold on. UCF has very much played up and down, to competition this season, I, you, you you beat you two, you know you you beat Cincinnati at home, then you have a high scoring affair with Memphis, then you go on the road to Tulane and win. It's a nice three game week, and then you get to come home and you've got your two wins away from hosting the AAC championship game. You lose to Navy and you almost blow a huge lead to South Florida on the road uh, in the Warren I four. Like, this is a team that plays up and down to the competition. So I believe wholeheartedly UCF will be ready to go in this game. It's Again, it's a team they beat on the road just like four weeks ago. But, man, it's hard to beat a team twice. It's so hard to beat the same team two times in the same season, especially to do it two times in the same season on the road. I think Tulane probably wins this time around. However... At three and a half, I'm going to take UCF plus three and a half and hopes hopes beyond hopes that this comes down to a field goal because I do think UCF will show up to this for this game. I do think they will play well in this game. I do think it will be a close game. Now, my concern is this ends up being like a one, like a touchdown game, which is one score, but I, I'm going to believe that UCF can do enough to keep this game uh, within a field goal. Uh, I think Tulane probably comes out on the right side, but I believe enough in UCF to somehow find a way to do this twice in one year uh, against Tulane on the road to take them plus three and a half. Uh, so, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you already talked about it. I, uh, it's super hard to win twice against the same team in the season. And back when the Big 12 started going to the one versus two conference championship in the rematch, I... Uh, I went back and I pulled all the data looking at, you know, rematches in a season where teams were pretty competitively matched. And I was looking at either bowl games or conference titles, whatever. And there was a pretty good data set. And it was like, I don't know, a, a fair amount of games. And the team that lost the first game won the second game like 70 plus percent of the time. It wasn't close. Even when the first game was a blowout, the second game might've been a blowout the other way. It was kind of incredible. So that was always my concern with the big 12 going to the one V two model is, you know, there's a chance where the number two teams winning a lot of the time, which would not be good for the conference and making the playoff. So, but anyway, 
all this to say, I like Tulane to win this game. I didn't think they'd win against Cincinnati. They they did. And uh, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I think it's just incredibly tough to win against the same team twice. Tulane has the advantage here. They can make an adjustment. And what does USC or UCF do? Do they do they make an adjustment? Do they try to anticipate Tulane's adjustment to what got them to win? Like, or do they just roll with what they they did in game one? It's tough. Tulane has a little bit of an advantage there. Uh, and I like the green wave. I'm going to take them to cover. Very good. Tulane minus three and a half. All right. It is time for the game you all came here for, the Big 12 championship game. 11 a.m. on Saturday. College football game day is going to be there. It's the only matchup between two teams ranked in the top 10 in the most recent college football playoff rankings. It's TCU versus Kansas State. It's the battle for the purple. Uh, Loser must only wear black and white for next year. JK, though, that would be a hilarious thing to put on the line in this game. There can only be one purple team in the Big 12, um, and it comes down to this. It's a big one. Very excited for this game. Very excited. TCU, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under, about 62. I see 62-and-a-halves as well. I am up first. Again, we got another rematch. TCU-Kansas State. TCU was victorious the last time these two teams faced off. But Kansas State built a nice lead. Saw TCU come back like they have many times this season. Kansas State saw two quarterbacks go down in this game. A couple of defensive players get hurt. I think we had one who was kicked out for targeting. Now we should have Will Howard. We know he's going to start. Potentially Adrian Martinez healthy enough to contribute in some way. Do we see him out there just as a for a run option? Does Kansas State get crazy? God, could you give just give me like one wild play where you just see Adrian Martinez and Will Howard on the field at the same time, and everyone just goes, "What's going to happen?" This is going to be a fun one. I, I I do think this is going to be crazy good. I do think this this line is this close for a reason. I do think it's very exciting. I cannot wait to see this rematch. I don't always buy into like Team of Destiny stuff. But I do feel that way a bit about TCU. They know what they have to do. And, and we can say here, and we can hear the national narrative of TCU's in the playoff, whether they win or lose all day. If you're a TCU player... If you're a TCU coach, you cannot hear that. You cannot listen to that. You have to go into this game knowing the history of TCU in 2014 and being the three seed and falling all the way out of the playoff. After Ohio State blows out Wisconsin, you cannot believe you are in. You have to look at that committee and go, no, we aren't going to trust them. We're not going to trust the national media. We're not going to trust anybody. We have the control of our playoff spot in our hands. I will take TCU minus two and a half. I think TCU wins this game. I do think it's a close game. But I will take TCU. I think they win. They should cover. I think a three-point game is reasonable. I'll ride with the Horn Frogs. Chris? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you just said. I just got done talking about how the team that wins game one doesn't really win game two, but like 30% of the time. But it does happen. TCU has been very focused to go 12 and 0 through that schedule. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Kansas state, a good team, but I think TCU knows that they got lucky to win that first game. They got a little bit lucky to to escape that uh, and be able to come back and win. I think the coaching staff is going to just really harp on that, really focus on that. It's like, Hey, you know, I mean, we can't afford to do that again. You're going to have to play this game and, and get the win. Uh, yeah, every opportunity that TCU's had to kind of stumble with that that playoff spot looming, they haven't. They, they, they've just handled their business. And, yeah, I mean, the Baylor game was incredible, but they got the win. They, they, they do what it takes to get the win. At two and a half, you know, that's if you think TCU, I, I I think TC wins this game. If I think they win, then I have to take them to cover the two and a half because it's just too narrow a margin. I think they win, but not by two and a half. That's it's a very silly margin to play with. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take TCU by the field goal, even if this is an overtime game. Then yeah, I, I'll take TCU by the field goal. Daniel, 
We set you, you guys up really want, Do you guys really want me to do this? We set you up. Yeah. It's the only, I mean, it's the only want, opportunity today. Yeah, but I, I want to hedge against my, you know, I just, I want to hedge against my futures bet. Like I, I want, I want to get any little scrap of equity I can if Kansas State doesn't win this thing. Worst case would be TCU winning by one or two. Because then if I took TCU, they don't cover here and K-State doesn't win. <laughs> Look, I mean, oh, I feel I like mean, you we're, guys. We're giving it to you. No, you're no, no, win no, your, no. Your, your futures <laughs> and you're going to win this. Like, you guys just... don't want me to pick TCU because you know what? I mean, the fate is sealed. If I go pick TCU, they get blown out. Some excuse for why Ohio State needs to slide in. So you know what? I am going to help make sure that this reality stays on the correct course for the next few days. Okay. Um, didn't even, don't even know, didn't look at it. Let's just roll with the over. Okay. Look, I'm just, I'm just saving the big 12 universe right now. So you guys can thank me later. All right. I'm just going to stay away from that TCU side. Um, I see a 62. There's some, uh, you know, 61 and a half, 62 circus, 62 and a half. Let's just give me a flat 62. All is all is right in this timeline. And we'll just leave it at that over 62. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, so with that, there are four other G5 conference championship games going on. Akron Buffalo. We played on Friday and on December 10th, the only game on that Saturday army Navy game uh, is also available. So, uh, I believe, Chris, you're up first. You can pick whatever you want from the board that's available to you, sir. What would you like for your final pick? This this hurts me a little bit. There's not a lot out there. Once you get rid of all the games we've already discussed, there's not a lot left. So I'm left kind of stalling for time so I can... Would you like someone look to up pick? What I need to look uh, up. You... I can jump in. No, I, I can. You know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you guys. I, I have my right pick. Now. I'm just trying to find. I, okay, I have my, I have my pick. I have my okay. pick. I know what I'm talking about. I was just trying to find, pull up the game so I can. I know what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> All right. So what's the line? Okay, the line is eight and a half. I think. Okay. This hurts me because this team has done so well for me in the past. I was on the train. Haven't really talked about them a lot this season. But I'm going to have to go against the Coastal Carolina this week. I'm going to have to ride with Troy. Troy's bum, been covering 9-3 uh, against the spread. Coastal Carolina. It just hasn't been the same Coastal Carolina as the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I'm going to say Troy to get it done. Eight and a half. They probably win this by 10 or so. Yeah, give it to me. Oh my gosh, Coastal was blown out by JMU. What the? <laughs> hey, hey, earmuffs, children, earmuffs. Okay. Um, there is a team that is favored that I don't think should be. In the MAC championship game, Toledo is a one and a half or two point favorite over Ohio. Toledo, very nice season for Toledo. They are uh, seven and five. They're the favorite, though. They are, what is it, two and three in their last five. They have not covered in those last five. Meanwhile, Ohio has won seven games in a row and covered in the last eight. I I don't think the right team is favored here. So I'm going to take Ohio, who also, by the way, is nine and three with the better record to beat Toledo in the MAC championship game and get that win. So I see you. Uh, okay, now I see one and a half. I see Win Station and Caesars with the two. Is that accurate, Daniel, or is one and a half what I got to roll with? Um, You can go. No, there's enough one and a halfs. No, I don't know. Oh, oh take, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you can, there's two. One and a half or two. Okay, well, I'm taking the dog, so I'll take two. I think Ohio yeah. State wins this straight up, or Ohio wins this straight up, but. Um, I'll go ahead and just hedge my bets and take Ohio uh, plus two versus Toledo. Uh, Daniel, what would you like? Um, I, I circled this game right away. Fresno State, Boise State. Uh, there was like a bunch of four and a halves that were floating around. I was able to get uh, a three and a half by the time it opened for me. I'm taking Fresno State. I've got this line at Fresno minus one. 
Uh, Fresno State oh, bet immediately at the open. And I've got a great historical spot here. Uh, conference dog, excuse me. So, so Fresno State is now a conference dog, and they're off a big conference win where they uh, double-digit win and they blew out the spread margin. So far this year, teams in that spot are 10-2. and two. I got almost a 400-game sample that's hitting at 59%. So I got a historical spot. I've got my line. I've got other betters taking Fresno State right away. Fresno State's off the loss uh, just back in early October to Boise State. So, Chris, jumping into your angle there, it's hard to beat a team twice. So Fresno State took the loss last time. A straight-up win would not surprise me at all. Long-winded version to say it all lines up. The stars align. Fresno State plus three Saturday afternoon. Give it to me. Done. Very good. All right, boys. Uh, that was good. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, we will not be making picks next week. We will wait um, another week. First bowl of the season is December 16th, so we'll have bowl picks out for every current and future Big 12 member who will be in a bowl game. We'll pick every single one. That'll be the last picks episode Ooh, of the season. Giants. That is 12 plus a non. So that's actually 13 because that's eight Big 12, all four future members plus one of your choosing. That is 13 games we will pick. That is by far the most we will pick in a single episode. Uh, but hey, you know, that one will that one will run all the way through bowl season. So it one of our last episodes of the year because we're going to take an early Christmas break because uh, Philip needs a little bit of uh, of mental rest. So uh, no picks next week, guys, and then we come back and you'll have you'll have 13, 13 games to pick. We'll see if if Chris has a big enough lead that that won't matter if uh, or if it's really going to be close down to the down to the final one. You guys have been awesome. Uh, everybody, do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter at ten twelve network. Follow Daniel at DannerB7 on Twitter. The Slack chat is still open if you want to go talk about some betting. Uh, Chris is at Chris Ross Sports. He's on Twitter sometimes. If you want to talk to him about disc golf, you can do so. Uh, it's pretty cool. We, of course, 10 12 Network. Uh, we will be back on Monday to recap the Big 12 and AAC title game. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about some for sure bowl destinations for the Big 12. And we can finally start diving in to Big 12 men's and women's basketball more thoroughly now that football season is just about done. We will talk to you all again then. Podcast Network.